Hello, and welcome to another edition of Modest Conversations. I'm here with a good friend from many years, Lucas, who founder of Crowdflower, now intern at OpenAI. That's right. Awesome. Love internships. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's great to have you on the on the program. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to, excited to be here. Yeah. So what's on your mind? What should we discuss today? Well, we're, you know, we were talking earlier about AI. Is it fake or not? I feel like that's a... Or is it is it real? How would you put it? I think you believe I, it's AI real or fake. Please AI discuss. real or fake? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. I mean, you. I mean, you have a lot of history in the space, right? Yeah, Having I love done, AI, yeah. you love AI. <laughs> you, you've had a seat at the table for a long time with Crowdflower and a lot of what people have used you guys for. Yeah, and now your new project. Which yeah, you yeah. should t- tell everyone about. <laughs> it sounds pretty cool. Um, what's your view? On, on AI, I mean, I guess my view, honestly, I hope I can articulate this in a, in a smart way, but I feel like it's the most important thing happening right now. I feel like all of a sudden, all these things that were difficult to do are now possible to do. And I, I guess like, I was thinking that like, in a way, it seems like we've defined AI for the last like 50 years as kind of like whatever computers can't do, but we think they should be able to do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so by that definition, I think, uh, sure. I mean, I think that, that is actually the key question in a debate of real or fake or real or real or false, as I sometimes say, right? Right, right. Like, is, um, is like, how do you actually define AI? So yeah, if you say that like there's a bunch of stuff computers don't do, but they probably should. Right, right. Then this might be a less interesting conversation. <laughs> I mean, it sort of seems like that's how we define it. Like I was thinking about the AI field. Like yeah. it's it's created the most interesting computer science I think for the last like you know forty years, and I think it's because it's had this sort of like squishy definition of just like whatever computers can't do, right? Like you know, like all these like logistics algorithms kind of came out of AI departments in like the seventies and eighties because like you know like routing, <laughs> yeah, you know routing trucks properly or like airlines was like the thing that that seemed all hard right back turns, then, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's the interesting, the reason I, and I, I get on my, you know, I, I like talking about, which in a lot of ways, I think, you know, some of those early conversations with you in like Brooklyn 10 years ago, right? Which is like, I love, I love to talk about AAI, which right. is artificial artificial totally, intelligence, yeah. which says, look, humans are good at lots of things that computers aren't even close to good at. Uh, computers are good at a lot of things that humans actually are pretty bad at. Right. right. So right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in like, augmentation right. right and like the cyborg future right right and get very frustrated personally when people talk about like what computers can't do and define it as like creating perfect human intelligence mm. right, right. Um, so i guess maybe the question is like how far out do you go in, i mean there's a lot of things computers can't do how far out do you go in defining what the ai space is in terms of what computers should be able to do right 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 well i mean i i, I guess i've as i've kind of started to to work on projects with um open ai it's kind of convinced me that computers will be better than humans at everything humans do in like relatively short order like in our lifetime so what what's given you that confidence they're clearly not now like not even close well i mean what's the metric for close i don't you know <laughs> Fun conversation. In, in a lot of ways they're they're better the, you know in a lot of cognitive tasks like, like what? clearly worse i mean well like you know they're they're better at um they're better at multiplying numbers. Sure. Um, and I guess, I guess the thing that's kind of given me pause or really made me kind of think about this is, is, um, you know, image labeling. Yeah. Um, like 10 years ago was just like, you know, computers were terrible at it. Like yeah. it was like, you know, one of the things we do effortlessly that, that, you know, com- computers just absolutely struggled with. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I look at this state of the art, um, image labeling today, like, like take a picture and, and what is this? Yeah. And you know it's about at the same level as as humans. 
um, in some ways. In right? some I mean, ways. I mean, I've seen a lot of cats labeled as bears. I don't think that'll happen so much anymore. Actually, I, I think like if you take a modern and, and like it's actually changing really fast. But I think like you know if if I, I would trust a um, computer more than a cat, more than a more than a human to identify a cat. I think interesting. And we could try it. We should try it. We should try it. Um, or even like you know like subspecies and stuff. I mean, they sure. really have. It's really like changed in the last like year or two. But 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 just to push on that, yeah. Why? I mean, there's the obvious answer is just like you throw more compute at it, you have bigger data sets, you're uh-huh. gonna get better answers at certain types of questions. Well, I think that's actually not totally obvious, right? So like when I was in you know in in grad school like you know twelve thirteen years ago, like the um one of the things that kind of fascinated me was it didn't look like throwing more computer at it, throwing more data at it would ever really get better than humans in like a general case. Yeah. Even for a constrained problem, like, yeah. um, you know, identifying cats. Right. Yeah. But that's changed. I mean, like seriously, like, you know, like, um, you take an image recognition algorithm, it will probably identify cats and like which type of cat better than we could and, and not get tricked by, I don't know. What's a tricky cat, like the dog in a cat outfit or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I, you know, I think what's changed is actually, um, is uh these neural net architectures which is like i think it's so but have they actually changed i mean aren't we just using a bunch of algorithms that are pretty old with just a lot more horsepower behind them you know i mean that is like at the first level that's true right so so for sure i mean another thing is that these algorithms are actually i was thinking back i remember in school like talking with you know my professors who are now like all super famous at you know stanford ai lab and they were like oh yeah like, you know, for certain applications, like neural nets, like seem to, to work the best. And there's like this guy, Jan LeCun, who, who like, you know, he like makes these neural nets, they work really well, but you know, no one really understands how they work Yeah, and they seem, they seem hard to do. So we don't even like study that or like cover that yeah. in our lesson plan on AI, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, I think actually it'd be good in retrospect to think about how dumb that was. Yeah. But these things like, I mean, haven't there been, I mean, I think about a problem like take uh, approaches to, and I'm going to speak a little out of my depth per usual here, Yeah, but is like approaches to translation, Uh right? And there was a period where everyone was like about statistical translation, Mm -hmm. right? Statistical translation is the only way to do it. It's going to work and it's going to work perfectly and all that. And there was before that a period where everyone was trying to basically uh, architect all of language, right? And create a rules engine around it. Mm -hmm. And what you've seen is like, there was a rules engine that was in vogue, hit its limits, went out of vogue. Then you had statistical stuff that was in vogue. Yep. That's kind of relatively, I wouldn't say out of vogue, it but is. rules engines are back on the way, on, the, on their way back in. Like how cyclical is this as we just like search the space effectively mm. for applying stuff? Like how much is this just like every 10 years, a different approach will go into vogue for a while and then out of vogue. But the reality is while we're making progress, we're not really closing the full gap. Well, there actually are like metrics, right? And they, I mean, if you, if you use Google Translate, on on you know for example like i was using it for japanese recently and it's actually like palpably like amazingly better than uh, better but still not that great it's pretty amazing um yeah i mean i I guess it depends on 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 how you look at it right i think like you know for example like solving better than me at japanese i'll give you that yeah but (laughs) translation involves solving like every ai problem at once right like you know to, to really completely solve it but uh you know i think if you take a longer view um you know, if you look over the last like 20 years, it's like things have kind of been, um, steadily improving. I think like, I think one issue is that, um, there's a lot of incentive to claim that you have these massive breakthrough improvements. And so, you know, people do it like crazy, but you know, just having like looked at this stuff for so long, my, my feeling is just like, 
it's getting better and better. And it feels to me like the pace of improvement is accelerating. Yeah. Like one really interesting thing in the field right now is that um, papers are out of date by the time they're published. Yeah. Which is really bizarre. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the whole like journal model. What is like not working. Yeah. What does it mean? Nobody really has a reason to do it anymore. Yeah. So it's like. You mean like on dead trees? Yeah. (laughs) Or even like, you know, just like writing this stuff down and putting in like archive, you know, I feel like there's like a weird, like, you know, like word of mouth thing happening just because the pace is so fast. I mean, the thing I hear that and I respect that the thing that I, I've been thinking a lot about recently, which I think relates and and really hits on my skepticism, which is partially just when everyone says, right. I like to say left, But but that point aside is, you know, I think that a lot of people, especially in the Silicon Valley, love talking about like exponential curves, uh-huh. right? And like how, oh, well, we're very far off now, but it doesn't matter because the rate of improvement is so high that like we're just going to bridge these massive gaps. Whereas the irony is, and this is kind of the dirty secret, is there actually are very few unbounded exponential curves mm-hmm. in the world. Everything's actually an S-curve, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. And so the question is, when you actually are traveling down an S-curve, not an exponential curve, mm-hmm. right? Like, when you get to the other side of that S-curve, like, how good is it? Like, when you go back to the world where, like, okay, each incremental point of improvement totally. is, incre- is dramatically more expensive totally. um, again. And and I worry that, you know, you look at, like, self-driving cars, uh-huh. uh, like a very in vogue application yeah, right yeah, now sure. of machine learning and AI, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I have no qualms with getting to a pretty good thing that can drive on a highway. Uh-huh. But that's... Fine. Like, you know, you think about like the curves, it's like, cool, like a good research team at a college can do that now. Yep. And like the best team in the world might get you another nine uh-huh. and maybe like a hundred million dollars or a billion dollars might get you another nine. But the question yeah. is when you have three nines, does that fundamentally change the game? Right. Or right, is the reality right. that S curves out at a level is like, yeah, you're still going to have a human driver for a right. long time and maybe there'll be fewer accidents. Right. 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 I don't know. Like, where does it land you? Totally. Right. Um, Totally. And I think the implementation details are, you know, essential, right? Like if you, you know, if you use that to like predict accidents and like, you know, take action, mm-hmm. it could be like the most like life-saving possible application, right? Sure. Sure. But it's not the dream that everyone wants. This goes back to the whole, what is AI and what do we expect it to deliver? Right. Right. Like, um, it's yeah. not that you can't do great things. The question is, is like, what products do you actually get out the other end? Assuming that you're not actually on an unbounded curve. Yeah, okay, but like you're saying not an unbounded curve, but I'm not, I mean, no one would argue that it's unbounded, right? Mm-hmm. I would just say that the bound of of how good this stuff is going to get is like higher than human intelligence, which I think means we live in like a super different world than than we are today. And, yeah. and I guess I want to take like a contrarian position to be as cool as you, um, <laughs> but it might even be like over enthusiastic. Like you, I, I want to like say, I think I'm even more enthusiastic, right? Because I think like you know, you look around at like, um, you know, all these, like all the things that you do all day, right? Like, you know, you wash your dishes, you like wash the sink, right? Like, I think if, if you had a robot that could fold your clothes, like, I think you would totally want that, yeah, right? I, mean, and, I don't fold my clothes, but I get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, I think there's like a massive amount of like projects like this that we do in the physical world. And I think we're about to hit a point where, um, because the hardware. And what, why is it different? I mean, just to push you on this. Yeah, yeah. Why is this different than 1950? Like, why is this different than Tomorrowland and Epcot Center, right? Where, like, they also wanted robots that folded their clothes and thought they were reasonably close and turned out to be not even close. Because vision's working. Yeah. I mean, I really think, like, vision working, it, like, it tells you, like, it, it's, like, such an amazing, um, it's such an amazing thing. And I think the architecture generalizes, right? Like, it reminds me of, like, um, I don't know, have you seen that TED Talk where the guy, 
is talking about how, you know, they take the human brain and they like tap on your tongue mm-hmm. to, and, and like, you know, from the tapping on your tongue, they can get, yeah, blind get an image. stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I've, you sort of see that like, okay, like the human brain architecture is like a general purpose sure. thing that process inputs. You can and, like, see through your tongue. No, problem. you can see through your tongue. No problem. Right. That's really interesting. Right. I mean, that says that like, you know, we have an architecture in our brain that can like turn, it's not dedicated to like the particular inputs that we have. Sure. It's like arbitrary inputs. Right. And, and then you look at like neural nets, I think are like, I mean, I hate to get like, you know, my hippie bullshit detection meter kind of goes haywire, you know, with some of this stuff. But I think there is like real truth to it where I think like the, um, neurons in our, the, the neurons in a neural net are like inspired by human brain and do start to generalize in similar ways. So, you know, I think, you know, today vision seems like quite solved. Like actually, like I think like any vision problem that you have that a human can do quickly, like instantly. Um, where you have a couple million training examples, I think computers can get to that same level of um, accuracy. But just to push on that, yeah, yeah, they still need a couple million data points. Yeah, versus five. Yeah, versus five. Totally, totally. And that's kind of a big deal, right? If you think about trying to compute the world, right, or trying yeah, to actually totally. Except that, like, also these things are like you know you can't like um, copy a human brain right so you know like you get like well now you're not sounding like enough of a hippie you can't copy the human brain what's wrong with you <laughs> you can't like <laughs> there's no like unix like cp <laughs> my brain yet right yeah but, but so like you know it's like you could probably um you know there's probably more incentive to like because you get one computer working and, and doing some particular application you know you have like infinite of those right by by copying the program around so I, I think like we're, I think we're like right now, like entering like a really weird, um, future. Like I think it's like, it's actually happening. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I, I predict like big changes. Like what, what do you think are the big, I mean, you know, you're working on what's interesting to me is I always like to think about there's a huge difference between knowledge tasks, right? Or mm-hmm. information tasks where I actually think I'm a big believer that human beings are a long, long way away from being not extremely useful and important, but. Machines can give you huge leverage uh-huh. and contrasting that with, I literally always think about like tasks that require your hands. And my answer has always been, if it requires a hand, your job not going anywhere for a long time, but you're actually working on grasping yeah, and things like that. So that was like always my answer, but I think it's, I think that's about to change too. Mm-hmm. And I think like one big deal, one really interesting thing that I think people aren't talking about enough is, um, physics simulations as training data. Mm-hmm. So like everyone I know that's like, you know, working at a car company, they're working on um, generating synthetic data through physics simulators. And actually like, you know, at open air, they're, they're doing that too. Yeah. And it works shockingly well, right? Like you'd think that like, you'd have to like, you know, to model the world that we're in would be super hard. Right. But if you can do it, you know, if you, if you build the model and you basically simulate like what your eyes would see, right. Like looking into this world, well, you built that model. So you know where the table is, yeah. <laughs> you know, let's say you can even do crazy things. Like you can like, you know, turn down the gravity and turn up the friction sure. to make the grasping really easy. So it starts, you can actually give it like a baby universe yeah. to learn. And then over time, you know, like make it more and more realistic. Yeah. And these approaches like actually work super well. Yeah. Like I wonder if like AI will turn into more of a um, computer graphics hmm. um, field, right? Where it's just like who can actually like simulate this world the best. Hmm. Um, That's an interesting thought. That's a very interesting. And it, but it's really, it's like, it's not like a, it's not fake, right? So like one of the, one of the craziest things in that, that we did at OpenAI was we, um, we put different textures on stuff. Cause like actually getting a texture that looks like a table is hard. Like getting a texture that looks like a cup is hard. So th- those are expensive. Like Grand Theft Auto has like a thousand artists that just like do that. Right. Yeah. And even then it's not really realistic. Yeah. And you know, neural nets, they'll like zone in on any, any weird detail sure. and just exploit it. Yeah. So instead what we did was we just like papered it with like millions of textures and actually none of the textures 
look particularly just to be meaningless realistic just to be meaningless exactly yeah. so yeah. it's like nothing no image that this thing ever sees looks realistic i mean it looks like this crazy like psychedelic yeah world where like everything is like you know bright colors and wild checkerboard patterns but what that does is it forces so the way you do that you like literally just like create randomness in the textures to to make it not useful as a signal exactly got it yeah yeah and you just like blast through them because you can generate them really fast. Sure. I mean, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole industry. Of Someday be, there's going to be a bug in that random number generator. <laughs> it's like, and, and what is it? It'll, it'll be like Gandhi nukes everyone. Like right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, just, it's pretty funny. I was like pulling in, um, or, or calling him out. I was pulling in the, uh, the images from ShapeNet, which is like this. Mm-hmm. We're just putting stuff in that universe for it to grab. And, you know, because ShapeNet is designed by, it's like basically you can get random shapes where people have yeah. generated them. And um, ShapeNet is like half guns, you know, just like says something about the people. Oh no! Like uploading. So it. basically, you're teaching robots to grasp guns. That's well, I would what you're say doing I think like OpenAI took out they took out guns, but it was like half the data was like lost. But it doesn't. They... It's not going to matter because the people who are making the guns are the ones making the other shapes too. <laughs> yeah, so they're totally. all kind of like guns. Well, it was like a lot of beer bottles. It's a weird. It's a weird data set. I don't know. Like... That's really scary. That's actually the funniest scary thing I've ever heard in a long time. It's like the guys at OpenAI are just using this for. <laughs> it's like oh no. Yeah, it, like yeah. it can't pick up like a peace sign or a flag. It can't pick up a cup. Yeah, because they would put them in the data set, right? It's just like... <laughs> There's like you a lot of pick up like planes, sex yeah. toys, and like guns. I think it's basically stuff like teenage boys are into. Is like, <laughs> oh man, that's pretty funny. Yeah, interesting. So, what do you think are like the? Okay, so you you're a bull on this stuff. You think it's happening faster than not? You're going to get your clothing folding robot, which by the way, I'm sure is like the deepest, most important robot you could build right it's yeah probably clothing. like the hardest thing to do <laughs> i think that's what's going to come last potentially. <laughs> uh, it's just easier to get everyone in like non-wrinkly jumpsuits yeah, um, yeah. well yeah, I mean, the problem is actually physics simulation of clothes is really hard so. yeah i believe that <laughs> yeah. i believe that um so so the, what, what do you think is the most practical like human implication in the next five years is there a human implication in the next five years i think so i mean i, I think we'll see um I think we'll see useful robots. I mean, you know, you go to like the Tesla factory, you see a lot of useful robots. Sure. And they're getting smarter. You know, and I think that the that, that software is like different than hardware, right? Like, you know, as this as the problems get more into software, I bet we'll start to see a lot of smart applications. Like I bet that's coming in the next five years. Like useful things that are But different. if you had to like just shoot it from the hip because it's always uh-huh. fun yeah, too. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. What is it? Like what are the useful apps? Like let's start with an easy one where everyone uh-huh. talks about cars. Are we gonna get real level four software having cars in the next ten years? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would make that prediction for sure. On the road. Like, I can just use one. Just on the road that you can use, yeah. Okay. What else? <laughs> um, what else? Well, I think you'll see a lot of... Um, I think you'll see, like, a lot of household stuff. Like, I think, like, cleaning. Like, I, I think, like, you know, most people, like, have to clean their own toilet and they, like, hate it, right? And I think, like, that is, like, a simple... AI application that I think someone's just going to make and like people are just going to switch to that. Right. Cause like when you have like, cameras are cheap, computers are cheap and these like arms and brushes are cheap. Like I think like, you know, someone's going to put all that together and do it. And then I think like the way that we, you know, the way that like we wash dishes is like not a way that we'll, you know, dishwasher is not totally a sensible application. Why? Cause it's water inefficient. Yeah, it's like inefficient with water. It's like, it doesn't always get them clean. You can't put your wine glasses in there. But again, it's like, if you have a dishwasher that can actually look at the stuff in there and can like, you know, have an arm go around and clean them, 
think it's like a way that a better way to do it. And I think this will all happen. But at just once. to push you on this, I mean, like totally, yeah. Who cares? Like, so yeah, you can like clean my dishes like ten percent better. I don't like consider oh. my dishes particularly dirty right now. And cheaper. Um, yeah. But the question in my mind is like, all right, so like. I can imagine that eventually when I naturally place my dishwasher, which is a 20 year cycle, uh-huh. these things yeah, like yeah. don't really break. There'll be like the AI assist one, right? <laughs> right, like right. Have your face on it with like a peace sign and like, I'll be like, Oh cool. Like Lucas will clean my dishes slightly better. But like, uh-huh. to me, that's just like not that exciting. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess I'm trying to like put it in terms of like, um, you know, like what will we see in our day to day life? I mean, yeah. I think like, you know, like what's, what's going to happen and like a macro economic scale with this stuff is that the cost of manufacturing is going to drop like a lot. Right. Because, you know, it's still, I mean, it's still like, you know, human beings are doing so much of this stuff. Like even like you look at, you know, Amazon factories where it's like, you know, super automated to yeah. like get your stuff. I mean, those jobs are going away for sure. I mean, cause it, cause it's like the, the cost of failure is not like self-driving cars. I mean, it's expensive if the thing breaks, but it's like, you know, that's like not like a calculus of like saving lives. It's like a calculus of just like, which is the, the preferred way to to do things and so it's just interesting because like i believe that that's true i mean there's some i mean the chinese have been doing some crazy stuff already right yeah, with yeah. what i consider ai systems right hybrid totally. systems make leveraging humans 100x right uh-huh. with yeah, great yeah. with great machines around them but like how much does it matter like what percentage of the cost of my package is really i mean I, the, the things that seem like to me like would really matter at scale would be okay if truly logistics were close to free, because uh-huh. not only are the cars free, but I can load the stuff for free and move yeah. around for free. You know, my big theory would then be that, like, I'll own very little, uh-huh. right? Because it will be so easy to share things. Uh-huh. But, like, why own anything, right? Totally, yeah. So, I'll actually drive, even if manufacturing costs go down, the bigger impact will be we'll just manufacture way less, right? Like, if logistics gets more easier, then you just need less stuff, right? Like... I mean, think about like macroeconomic. I mean, do we end up in a place where like actually, if you're right, the real implication of a lot of AI is just like the wholesale destruction of the economy? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I think uh, I think you're smarter at this type of discussion than I am. But it seems to me like um, it seems to me like if you look at and and, and look, I think like, I'm a big believer in in artificial artificial intelligence too, right? But of it's course like, you are. It almost it's half invented it. Yeah, I mean, it's like look, like if you if you if you make humans a hundred times more efficient, or you like automate them away completely, it's kind of the same effect, isn't yeah. it? I mean, and, and I think it's going to one of those places sure. in fairly short order. So, yes. um, so your point would be there's almost no difference anyway. Almost no difference, yeah. And 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 I think that world is like is is like so so different from the world we live in. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. But you should write some modest proposals on that. Uh... <laughs> oh, I, I have and will. I think, I mean, look, I think this is the, the you know, I'm pretty knee-jerk. I tend to think the Valley has a very clear incentive to overstate the future. Um, just because it's the currency we deal in, yeah. right? And, like, especially the big companies and the big egos of the Valley have a massive incentive to overstate this stuff, right? Totally. Because it is kind of, one, it's the, like, emotional political currency that if you're a cynic you feel like the valley like lords over the rest of the world right and <laughs> yeah, like yeah. two it's just like when you have these things at massive scale what's the next act yeah. well the next act better be like the craziest fucking thing you've ever seen because otherwise yeah. you can't support the multiples you have <laughs> right 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 so my default is that the incentive is to overstate this stuff so much uh-huh. that like i tend to correct in the other direction um but 
um, I don't know. You're actually working on this stuff and I trust you. I mean, dude, I'll tell you another thing that, that I've been thinking about is, um, I don't know. I was in a, I was in a restaurant in Japan where they, uh, they automated the, um, waiters completely. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was like super cool. Like actually it was great. Like I feel like a lot of people are saying that like waiters are like the last job to go away. Because like, they have hands. Because they have hands. But dude, I think like robot waiters are like awesome. You feel more comfortable, like, you know, like ordering like horrible food for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I actually think, um, and, and I think like the, the ability of, um, computers to like manipulate us especially as they become sort of like robots like in our world is just going to go through the roof like you know we have the ability to to generate like all these feelings based on like what we're seeing and like what we believe about like what's going on around us like i just think like robots are going to be able to run all kinds of experiments to like you know what i mean like make you like feel different things like you know through your eyes and ears sure and um i, I don't know I, I think that is like that's also coming in like a massive a massive way. I mean, that here. that's but is that coming? Is that already here? I mean, right. I would argue that actually, if you think about what we spend all of our time and attention looking at, whether it's the stock market or Facebook newsfeed, like AI, quote unquote, is already deeply manipulating. <laughs> yeah, but you know, here's the thing with here's the thing with like with with computer screens, right? Like, I feel like we we like destroy our bodies, right, to like sit in front of a computer screen to go like meet computers like where they live. Yeah, you know what I mean, like because like computers. You want the computers to come to you. Computers are going to come to us. Like I feel like everyone talks about VR, you know, because it's like you want to go into this world where like you know like where the computers live. But I wonder if it's not easier to have the computers kind of come out of their screens and start manipulating in in the world we have, and that hasn't happened yet because it's it's hard and because actually vision is really tough, where you you it's dangerous to have computers that might like break something or like you know to even have a computer navigate your house and know where it's going has been historically impossible mm-hmm. but i'm saying like that's like changed in the last couple of years and so i think that change might lead to a lot more computers inhabiting the human world versus what happens now where we go to sit at our desk all day long and and stare into <laughs> and the stare and stare into- and thing like you know three feet away from us yeah interesting yeah i think it, I mean, there, there are other less crazy versions of that now like echo or things totally like that. totally um, yeah. i mean it's i have like five of them in this house <laughs> nice um, yeah I have, I, have, I have a whole bunch too yeah I wish they did more. <laughs> but I think that's coming, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. Anyway, dude, yeah. this was fun as always. Awesome. Thanks for coming and hanging. We'll do it again sometime. And the good news is now we can check in on this conversation in five years. Yeah, let's put a From either reminder. The, the, I'll have Finn remind us. It's still nice. AI, but it's going to work. Excellent. All right, dude. Good stuff. Great to see you. Hey, yeah. Likewise.